You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And we're diving back into the depths of the 90s and of Japanese industrial noise today, discussing one of our favorites, S-Core, Yutaka Tanaka, and his magnificent album on a fantastic label from Germany, Praxis Dr. Merriman, and the record is My Candle Has Died. Absolutely, and today's extra segment over on the Patreon is going to be us discussing Praxis in general and some of the great releases on the label, which really, when you look at it, it might be one of the few perfect labels, and we will discuss that over on the extra segment after we discuss this incredible record. But before we discuss this incredible record, it's been a while since we've done some recent listening, so great. What? In the heck have you been listening to? Yeah, Gray. Well, I got a lovely new CD from Banatorico. I think that's how you say it. I, I just I'm always guessing. Yoriyoto Ogiokuri. <laughs> and it's on a Japanese label in a, an oversized box. And I've talked about Banatorico before and her ghostly spectral noise drone industrial compositions and this one is no different this is her debut cd there have been a couple like cdr presses and a handful of tapes all of with all of which are worth tracking down this one comes in a crazy oversized box with a like a letter in it and some uh like a photo it's really it's like a whole production and also a note cool. that you can't get it wet because <laughs> the it's printed with uh water soluble inks so it comes in a little baggy but and i got a cassette from field work which is actually some stuff i've been listening to on Bandcamp, but there weren't any physical releases at least as far as i know which is friendless churches the feast of fools and it is one of the other releases is called working class witchcraft and i would say that that about sums this up it is uh, folk horror as noise, industrial, atmospheric, ritual music. Very strange and unique stuff. Uh, just a variety of things all to contribute to uh, unease and, yeah, like, a, you know, folk horror. <laughs> it, it you, you, feels... had, you, had, you had texted us about that, and then the day after you hit us up about that, uh, someone else hit us up about it asking if we had heard it because they were also into it. So we had two days in a row of recommendations. Now here's a third. So I guess it's time to get on it. Yeah, there's a band camp with a bunch of stuff up on it. I will, of course, link to that. But Fieldwork has made a cassette available, and it came with a bunch of really cool inserts, uh, collages with some text on them. So, yeah, digging this one. And I've been digging uh, been digging the the. Demonochronography, working class witchcraft release as well. I like been listening just online, and a friend of the podcast, Sean Reagan, actually recommended this Crematorio Atlantico Am Sontag Inter Clinic cassette, and this is also really good industrial music from Italy. Uh, I believe the tapes were made to order, so might not be around right now. But new stuff, new stuff, new project. Yeah, which I'm always down to check out something new in the sort of post-industrial vein you know i mean if you know if sean's recommending it you kind of know what you're going to get out of it i was about to say Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, so that has been my recent listening. There is uh, other stuff. I mean, I could talk about. I've been listening to Scott Four a lot. <laughs> you <laughs> well, I'll say a great recent listening thing happened when uh, uh, multiple things of that night, but one was a DJ set by one Mr. Gray Holger who did play some Scott Walker and it was incredible. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I played, well, what I play farmer in the city, I think. Yeah. Classic cut right before a fantastic set by of the one in the moon. So we can put that in our, all of our recent listening. Cause we were all there. That's true. Very true. Fantastic night. Fantastic set. Fantastic DJ set. So that was very cool. And yeah, the lead in into his set was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Scott Walker. And then what was, what did you, you played something? Oh, Einsoff. And you also played before Einsoff. You played, you, it was like three long, oh, Ashra Temple. Yep. It was Ashra <laughs> Temple, Scott yeah. Walker, and Einsoff. Dude, I re- it was like, it was such, I was like, it was a so it got me so psyched <laughs> to then get to then watch of the wand. It was like, this is perfect. You know, it was a great, great DJ set. More great DJ sets. I was trying to bridge the gap between the Minor Conquest set and the of the one in the moon set. And Minor Conquest killed it that night. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just love so good. this stuff so much. And to see him play the songs live a couple times in the past year or so has been really fantastic. Connelly's, what about yourselves? What have you been listening to? Well, I'll tell you what. We have listened to this first tape so much because we have our tape deck set to auto flip so it just keeps going and this is a tape that you you just sort of let it keep going and you're not you don't even remember where you're at are you on side a are you on side b have you listened to this two times three times i don't know mm-hmm. and that being and i'm pr- i'm pretty sure i've said the band name wrong or differently at least every single time i've mentioned this band so let me see if i maybe got it right this time uh, Arzat Skia, and I still think maybe I got it wrong now that I just said it out loud. A great project. We've all gotten to see him live. His set was great. T- great. You and I got to see him twice. A couple times. Both times, both yeah. times have been great. I know Tara got a chance to see him last year. It was fantastic. And the tape is, if you enjoyed the live set, you're going to enjoy the tape and vice versa. If you enjoy the tape, you're going to enjoy the live set. It's really great, ambient. Voice to the Hollows is the name of, the, of this tape fantastic stuff yeah i have also listened to this uh, i should have been in a recent listening at some point but I, we haven't been doing them as often lately so yeah great release i need to i haven't given it the amount of spins you have but i need to i need to throw it back in the deck fantastic one and yeah that definitely has an anagram of my name in it somewhere like oh, yeah, yeah, Tara definitely. Skias. definitely yeah definitely. we could work something out that would I be agree. great I'm, i'll deal with it later Keeping in the ambient zone, the debut tape by Samabule. Am I saying that right? Did I get that name right? Sonambule. Dang, close. Uh, friend of ours, and this is his first friend of all of ours, and this is his first tape under the name. And we also, Gray and I got oh, a chance Sonambule, to see him live. the sleepwalking. Exactly. Ambulation. There you go. Uh, this is his first release and highly recommend checking it out. I don't know if the tapes are still around. I'm encouraging. I've been encouraging him to make it available so people can hear it, but uh, it's a great one. Just simply called one 
on his feral heart label so very cool to check out if you were in the ambient zone both those tapes would be perfect ways just to set the zone in your living quarters and on the flip side of all that you want to get things harsh you want to get things nasty you want to keep it in the 90s why how about check out some blister pack nice check out swing brothers swing Great stuff. All the Blister Pack stuff, or at least a lot of it, is up on Bandcamp. We'll have a link, of course, to this, and you can check out more Blister Pack stuff and some more of related stuff, Emerson Murray's solo stuff, as well as some collaborations. And Hell yeah, Blister Pack. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Blister Pack related, it's been a while. It's an early, we, you know, we really enjoy digging into the pure... CDs, especially the the names that maybe didn't do a ton or or we were really unfamiliar with, but Rend was an early pure CD that we did an episode on, which is in related to the Blister Pack world. So really, really cool stuff. Really cool glimpse into the '90s. Uh, Blister Pack, great. I always thought that name was so great. Uh, great name, and yeah, the the Mother Savage tape Trini's Wad is an absolute classic, and, and oh, should be yeah. listened to. Yeah, I think I got Swing Brothers Swing off Bandcamp way back in you know when it when it went up or yeah. you know in the, in the Bandcamp mm-hmm. heyday. So have to give that another yeah. listen too. Heck yeah! So some ambient, some harshness, and fitting because now we're going to talk about something that sits somewhere in the middle of these things, and that being Escore. My candle has died from nineteen. 19- 95. But first, a word from our sponsor. Now available on Oxen Records, Incapacitance, Oxen Man's Uneasiness, CD. Newest studio recordings from arguably the most important group in noise history, pushing the boundaries of their enduring style. NBDY, Woods and Wires CD, Superior Harsh Noise Cut Up from Czech Republic. Title still available, Dressing, From the Body to the Door. Scum, Unsustainable Social Condition, Necessary Downfall. Leah P. Surviving the Familiar. Available at oxenrecords.bigcartel.com. I love this record. Yes. I've loved this record as long as I've had it, which has been, it's been 20 plus years now. I don't remember exactly when or where I got this thing, but I remember at some point I had two copies of it. I don't know where that second one has wandered off to now. Uh, I kept the one with the better wax on the cover. And yes, (laughs) this thing is splattered with... Cheap candle wax, different colors of just cheap. It, it looks like dollar store candle wax. Must is, have been fun. Is it scented? No. Can you sniff it? It, no it has dyed and changed the color of the cover around it. Like it has leached out its color. And it also has tinted and dyed the insert in that sits behind it in the packaging. So there's candle like, wax is dangerous. It's, yeah. it's, it's not like it doesn't. It's gonna it's gonna leave a lasting. I legacy. ruined my favorite cape with candle wax. Can you believe that? I can, because I, we <laughs> definitely have capes. We definitely have candle wax going. And, I mean, and you candles know, always going. Cape without having some candles and, going. I mean, yeah, that's how candle it goes. wax is a dangerous beast. And well, will if anybody not... needs a tip, I'll help you get it out. Hey, in the extra segment, I'll tell you how to get candle wax out of. You're making off, that's cape. a lot of promises. Well, we'll see what happens. M- pretty much get it out. No we'll promises. See what happens. No promises. Yeah, yeah that's depends like a big... on the type of wax. And the oil content in that wax. There you go. But I mean, Gray, you you know, you definitely have to keep this record 
separate from other records. This is not a record that can be next to something else. You know, it's got to be next to something else with some some protection in between. You know, maybe 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 much like the Richard Ramirez I keep myself inside in Tesco where you got to keep that somewhere because the 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 lock might warp something. Maybe the, they could live together. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Well, I actually keep this next to another Praxis Dr. Behrman record. Would that be? Well, you know what? I don't want to know. We're saving we're saving the rest of the Praxis talk for the extra segment. So All right. we'll talk All we'll, right. we'll mention that over on the extras. <laughs> but look, we did Escort Missing Volume two years ago at this point. And one of the reasons we picked that one because it was one that was more or less readily available. It's it's not that hard to get. The Escort tapes are more or less impossible to get. Nothing's impossible in this world, but they are not easy mm-hmm. to get in any way. This record lies somewhere in the middle. This is not a simple one to find. But if you do... Get your hands on this, your greasy paws all over the candle. Wax. I have one of the 285 units. Absolutely. From 95. You will feel that you unlocked the mysteries of the past because this is just more pitch perfect Escort. It's really amazing how good Escort can be with. Simple means, simple sounds, slowly or minimally progressing tracks, but the world you're placed in when listening to them is so dense, and there's so many little details to pick out and focus on in this just messy din of sound that it keeps me coming back to Escore always and forever. And it's interesting to think about his working process at this point too because i don't it's hard to distinguish what was good enough for lp or cd or tape like obviously the sediment cd on god factory fantastic work this record fantastic work missing volume but all of the tapes that i have are just great too and was there this could have been a tape and it wouldn't surprise me and one of those tapes could have been an lp and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock at all they're all of equal quality yeah, in the interview in Special Interest, which is so great because there's almost no information yes. about Escort out there, but in Special Interest 12, there is a great interview, and he mentions that that wasn't necessarily a consideration. Even down to Escort, like, like he said that frequently uh, with the Japanese language, you'll put a dot in between uh, or around English words, and that's he was looking at the word score, and that's how S core, you know, he's just put a dot between S and core. Uh, I'll, I'll just read what he said. In the past interviews, I said S core meant sacred core or core of sanctuary. They were all jokes and actually it meant nothing. Right. See, I love that attitude. His attitude seems to be just there's it's almost like he doesn't realize that he's S core. Yeah. Like, dude, you're Escort. You're literally one of the all-time greatest. Do you understand that your titles are some of the all-time greatest? Your covers are some of the all-time greatest. Your sounds are some of the all-time greatest. And he seems to not realize that. There's so many great artists like that, though. I We joke and say, do they wake up and realize who they are? Escort <laughs> to me seems like he doesn't realize he's Escort. But, man, he is Escort. And... I know what you mean because gearing up for this, we were listening to some of the tapes. We were listening to Alter. We were listening to Infant. 
We're listening to Pretension. All so different. Yes. But there's that ineffable thread that you know it's escort, but you can't put your finger on it. And that's escort to me. Escort is the ineffable. So much of it, you feel you have a grasp on it, but when you try to really put it into words or try to really articulate what you feel about it, it flitters away because it's just that great. That's great art to me. And Escort is great art. And the the choices for this to be an LP, I thought the exact same thing great when we were listening to this. The way it's laid out, the tracks, that's the other great thing about Escort. Tracks, mm-hmm. yes. always tracks. And you can Multiple. hear them and there's fades and the, it, he exits exactly the way he wants. Yeah, they're distinct pieces, which I really like. And it's one of those things, even if there's... 15 tracks, 13 tracks, whatever on a release, they're, they're all distinct and they all have titles and they all go to form this, this whole that is escort. And I know what you mean about the, like not realizing he's escort. I also think he's well over 20 years removed from being escort hmm. mentions that he had sold his gear and doesn't have, Oh, I heard through the grapevine doesn't have a masters or any of the cassettes anymore. So there's, this distance from it, like it's easy to say you were just joking about an interview you gave 30 years ago, but maybe it did mean that then. And maybe it, I don't know. There, there's also a, a strange, what feels to me ritual or religious practice within his music. And he talks about being interested in spirituality and Buddhism and of course using some of that imagery, but the the whole of making these things seem to have been very much a, an exorcism for him and getting these things out in some way and communicating to us through the sounds. Uh, that's what I've always gotten when listening to Escore, mm. right? Is this, it's not noise for noise sake. It's not, there, there's details buried in there. Yeah. And the, those details are, at least at the time they were made, feel like they, they, had relevance to him. Well, do you want, if you want to talk about ambiguity and in the interview, he said, I, I I do not know what I did. So I didn't throw away everything, but a long time has passed since I stopped my musical career. So I don't know the whereabouts of my works and master tapes. It's a shame, but that's also saying he doesn't know where they are. Doesn't mean he doesn't have them. But again, it's like this, another layer of this mystery of S you know, it's like we have we have this one thing to to kind of hang on to and little bits and pieces to follow. Yet at the same time, there's just this shroud of mystery. And I and I think that he has this just feel that whatever he does is just absolutely natural to him. Yes. You know, like any response that he has or explanation for, you know, the way that this project commenced or ended it, it just seems very like, well, that that was where I was at the time and that's what needed to be done. The music feels effortless. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a respectful way, not in a way of there's no trying. Oh, there's I think certainly there's tons of effort. Incredible amount of thought yeah. and incredible amount of direction, self-direction put into his stuff. But the way when you're listening to it, it feels that it just exists. And to me, that's magic about Great art, great noise. Yeah, it's that where you're just this just exists. And my candle has died, just exists. It's that thing where a true master makes their craft seem effortless. 
Exactly. And we start with ill feeling, which sounds like waves crashing, but from the inside, maybe on some sort of metallic shoreline wreckage also sounds like chewing or a washing machine that's slightly off kilter, a murky wash. I cannot tell what's going on on this track. I just know that it is miserable. It feels like it's looping, but I don't think we hear bits of loops throughout different pieces in here when they're stripped back. But the main core of the piece fluctuates and changes so much that if it is a loop, there's something else being done to it. The entirety of the piece that is keeping it from feeling like it's in one place or doing one thing. And I, it's, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting masticated mess that starts this going, album off. I'm going to read my notes directly as I wrote them. I wrote most of my notes for this album in very stream of consciousness and didn't let myself think as I was writing. I just wrote, and this is what I wrote for ill feeling swirling, funneling, falling, shifting, quivering, dusty, particles, sediment, rubbing hands, rubbing paper, rubbing dirt, rubbing ancient rites, rubbing ancient stones. That was just what automatically came out. And as I just glanced over on Tara's notes, I noticed the first word on her note is swirl. So we both, without, we didn't, mm -hmm. that wasn't communicated to each other. She, she wrote swirl. I wrote swirl. There's an unmistakable That's swirling. That's where we were. We were swirling. And Gray, I know what you mean when you said there's, is it maybe loops? Is it, is there loops in there? I almost felt right at the end when things came away that maybe there was an inkling of a loop that maybe had been going. But again, it, it went away as soon as I had that thought in my head. So I don't know. It's the ineffable. It just flittered away. I hear the particles you're talking about too. The, yeah. I wrote small junk. There's lots of little pieces of something happening and revealing themselves throughout this. And actually at the, at the end I had it, I think I was going with the waves so heavy in my thinking just because of that constant crashing being at the ocean sound that, but it wasn't that of course, but then it became some sort of eldritch sea creature thing to me. These big tentacles moving at the end as things start to peel back a bit and it's revealed a little more. I felt like I could see through the fog and get these just giant, wet, slimy appendages moving around. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I could I could only think of this like recent documentary I watched about Mongolian yurt building like you have to go in the snow and carry all of your wood and build the foundation and build this entire place that you're going to stay in the middle of the snow but like you're on a rickety sled you're getting motion sickness you're just starting to feel ill there's just so much like anxiety in this task in front of you and and it's just that like repetitive swirling rattling all of your possessions rattling and and that's exactly what i was thinking about and listening to this track i watched that as well we watched that together oh, and doesn't it make you that think of that definitely makes sense to me that you said that now i'm picturing that and the yeah. ill feeling of the struggle of building that because it seems so 
monumentous, Ugh. and then you have to take it down <laughs> and then start all like, over like, like two days later. Yeah, two days <laughs> because it because of the snow and whatnot. So just that repetitiveness yeah. of that, maybe the reproduction of it, as we'll see later. But mm-hmm. the that that Sisyphusian element of mm-hmm. you do it, you do it, you do it, and then you have to redo it and redo it and redo it and redo it, and then redo it and redo it and redo it. But that's what this has. It has that and, and, the old feeling. And that's that psychological element that's present in Escor. Yeah. Uh and and even he says that he intentionally inserts anxiety anxiety inducing sounds either for catharsis or just to to go through it. And speaking of anxiety inducing, I I'm I'm having a uh a tooth issue. So I am struggling to enunciate and it is causing me lots and lots of anxiety. I think you're doing great. Anyone who listens to any of our Patreon series may know that Tara had a tooth issue and she was getting a little bit of that lisp on uh, the recent home time and noise rumbles. It's but charming in ba- small back. children when they when they you're doing can't, good. You're, I'm, um, I say you're say doing Christmas, great. But it's, Actually, I say you're doing great. But thank you. I thought when you brought up anxiety, you were going to bring up string of beads because, well, I'm just going to go ahead and read my stream of consciousness writing while listening to string, string of, of words. My string of words for string of beads. The air is leaving in the room at a rapid pace. Panic has begun. High-strung beads of sweat. I don't know which way to turn. In a room full of rock and metal. No feeling of what is being used. This just exists. I, the air leaving the room, I know exactly what you're talking about. That I wrote strained filter, which is maybe the wrong term, but it just has a certain kind of wine to it and air to it. That's really uncomfortable and anxiety inducing indeed. Also, there's a television or a speech on in the background, but it is so far back that you have to really be focusing through the haze of anxiety to hear it. I felt. And then there's these reverse swells that appear. These, Mm-hmm. What I what I heard, and this is really trying to pick stuff out. I thought I heard bells really quiet, and then the bell would ring out, and then a much louder, distorted, reversed version of that would appear, and you can barely hear these bells. I'm not even sure if that's actually what's triggering it, or if it was through some reverse pedal, but the output of that is amped up and and distorted, blown out. I thought I heard glass or bells on some of the tracks. Not this one, but on some of them. It's definitely like a bell or a glass, something being hit. Yeah, there's this one that you you get a loop in as well. It sort of reveals itself more towards the end. And there's so many sharp sounds going on towards the later half of this. Little pieces of metal and that hissing misfire that's happening. Uh, yeah, String of Beads is a great, a great track. It's so, I mean, this is one of my favorite tracks. This, this sounds like a factory that's still running even after the people have been evacuated because that oscillation is just so stressful throughout the entire thing. But somehow I enjoy it. I don't know what right. it is about that because it's a danger sound, but it's great. And it really makes me think of the end of Child's Play 2 
with the in the factory in the factory yeah, when like yeah. Chucky is cha- leading chase and it's just like you know anyway that the stress of that and it's far more elegant than Child's Play two but you However, know what I'm okay with it any, anytime we can throw out Child's Play two I'm good with that it's <laughs> better than you remember you know the next track was when I had a question that you brought up Gray in in a great way. Is this what was the choice for this track? Because Tangle is a three minute track and it, it it sits in the middle of the record. And it's such a strange track that I would love to know what was the decision, decision and choice to put this track where it is. And clearly to make it three minutes, it fades out. Mm-hmm. It, it obviously, it, you know, it, it it seems that a choice was made to make it a short track, but like the, the, the great criticism is this could have gone on forever, but it's and, so right. intense. And you, you, when it ends, yeah. you're like, Oh, where does it go? This is where I was with waves. Gray. Cause I said, waves are spilling on us. We can't feel the water, but we know it's there. A fullness, but there's an opening. You try to have a grasp, but then it's gone. And that's how I felt about the track. This is where I, the waves came in for me is on Tangle. I went to a cavernous tumble, uh, that constant motion that's happening on this piece. But I also noted there's, I won't call it a melody, but there's a motif under that sound. There's sort mm-hmm. of a three-step stagger sequence thing happening that's, Again, also barely there. It's just these hints on the edge of your perception that you're trying to chase after and pick out. And it gives so much depth to what is a massive roar in motion. And this is, again, this is, we get, we get to tangle and I'm like, this is my favorite track. Every track, this is my favorite track. Uh, But tangle has this, this element where you could pick it out, you know what you're listening to. And S-Core has these, this, you listen to in caps and it feels live. You know, you listen to other bands and they feel lives, but you listen to S-Core and you're like, this does not feel live. You know, this entire thing feels like it existed on its own as a whole and S-Core like found it in a shoebox somewhere. Right, right. Or, he sat and and like had a really good idea and composed it methodically, which I'm sure is that is exactly what happened. But but it, it's just it's not live. And even though there might be small sounds, it, there's no junk. You don't you're not like, hey, that's junk metal. Like I hear these tinning sounds and I'm like, oh, that's a bell. I'm not thinking that's somebody hitting a piece of metal with a metal bar. You know, like there's just something distinctively not junky. But on this track. And I think we're all going to like caves underwater because I thought the same thing. I'm like, it's a big sound. Is it a deep sea? Is it a voice coming out of a cave? You know, like a wind blows over a cave and you hear that crazy sound. Or I was even thinking like, this is a troop of baboons yelling and chattering far in the distance. And it's just echoing over a ravine thing. There's just something unsettling about this track. And I think that's just what I landed on. Like there's something that creates so much space that you feel uncomfortable and there's so much going on that it's absolutely unnerving because you will not figure it out. 
Sean said something in the Maria Zerfall episode about Maria Zerfall being tasteful and the tape being very tasteful. <laughs> yes. I would have to apply that to escort, right? When you when you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, it's it's everything is just mm, there's like an elegance just, to it. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, and it's just ancient, and you're just like you oh, again, it's just it's the inevitable. Like you can't put your exact finger on it. It's just so incredible. And you you get to the machines, Tara. You mentioned the machines, Tara. You mm. mentioned them earlier. I didn't come across the machines until I got to blind obedience because this. What's is where obedient? The, well, I'll tell you what happened. A machine. The machines are malfunctioning. They're attempting to complete ancient tasks, but they don't have the capacity. They aren't programmed for such things. So they begin to break down. They begin to deteriorate. The past destroys the prospects of the future. That's where I was with blind obedience. This was the first point where I was thinking that there were field recordings. Because I, I just really thought that I heard trains, like whistles, brakes, trains. And I know that he had manipulated location recordings, as he says. Uh, and, and even from this, there's such a, there's such a rumble and there, it's just so mechanical that to me, it just feels like, uh, somewhere buried in there, there are manipulated machines like trains. That machine shop, low altitude hum drone that's going on throughout this piece, the noise bursts switching on and off seemingly without reason something not happening quite right the way the background moves and twists as it runs on this is one of my two favorite pieces on the record i blind obedience pulls me right in and i i put a star next to two of these and since we should get to pick two there's only a couple tracks left so (laughs) so great i've evolved the system i do now i do a heart and a star so you you get one that gets a heart and then the one that gets a star can you have two stars though no you get a heart can you have you could give them a star ranking system i guess because i would actually give every one of these tracks a star i would have a hard (laughs) time picking my favorite because it just plays like it's just Again, it just exists in blind obedience, man. You know, Mike, I like that about you. You will. You'll be like, everyone, six stars, each track. You know what? <laughs> I started out giving each track one star, and now I'm going to give each six tracks six stars each. That's that's an attitude that, that I can get behind, and I like it. However, one heart, one star. Distinctly different. I like your discipline. I like Very your different meanings. blind obedience to your own rules. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the first side, not really rhythmic. I mean, we do have those uh, oscillations that are, bit, right, that are stressful, loop, right. uh, but not really, not really rhythmic. But when we get over on the B side, we really like bursting with rhythmic elements. There's going to be some rhythms and a lot of the early tapes do have very distinct drum machine work and long tracks with drum machine work. These tracks, I don't know if that's what I would say they are drum machine work where it 
whereas they are part of the track, especially with reproduction, because, well, as I've done, I'm just going to continue reading directly from my notes. Wheels trying to work. Small gadgets make rhythms that don't sit well. Someone is trying to tell you something. You either can't hear or won't listen. Droplets of water splatter on a tin roof. So, Gray, you had mentioned you heard voices in, I want to say, String of Beads. I, I didn't. Think, is that where you heard voices? I think that there is some, uh, the television is on in the other room. So it's got that feel mm. of the, a speech. Something is happening on, on String of Beads, yes. It's one totally, of the 10 I, layers. Totally. I, I'm sure there is. It wasn't something that jumped out at me, but. On reproduction, there is someone trying to tell you something, but I, I put the word voice tell. in quotes yeah, <laughs> because right there you go. It, there was another point during this when I've been playing with the Casio SK1 a lot, working on some different things and just enjoying its cheap sampling capability. And I felt on ill feeling that there might have been some SK1 happening with oh. how it felt like loops, but not loops, because you can play the slightly different octaves and they can and you can layer them and they have these just weird feels to them. And on this one, it was that cheap Casio voice synthesizer setting that's like, oh, whatever, but it's pitched down. It's just this kind of gross choral sound maybe semi-formant but not actually words because it felt repetitive but it could have also been some sort of a chant some sort of a thing recorded from from elsewhere and this one's really strange because there's also the the tape warping going on there's a speeding up and slowing mm -hmm. down of the base of the piece that we start with and there's also i think maybe three different sections of of drum machine or or rhythm yeah. going on through it that stop and then come back in and i know the the rain on the metal roof you're talking about i, I wrote metallic pinging i think it was we're talking about the same sound there there's also like some of the other pieces there's barely a melody hidden in here there's barely some tonality some notes just in the in the background far away not there for us to enjoy just there as something that's happening much like this record absolutely and he will use these quote-unquote voice i like that voice in quote on pretension there's a track with very similar just unsettling quote-unquote voice i like that a voice question mark yeah i like that i pretension is a great track um rendition of that sound and i'm gonna need a sample of that there you go because i it really it thrilled me and i'm gonna need to hear it again uh, <laughs> i think it was lovely oh, oh. uh and i i was thinking this track is so muffled that i can't even hear what is being muffled it is muffled right, upon right, muffled uh and you know i i thought that the voice was kind of moaning. I thought that this reproduction at first, I was like, oh, the pain of energy of cellular cellular reproduction. And then I was like, wait a minute, this beat are those moans. This is a sexy track. Whoa. Like I think the beginning of this is a pretty, you know, like sexiness 
That's uh, something I necessarily beginning. associate with. Not us, at but all. Why not? You're putting not really. You, but this I is think what in great the beginning, you're putting your own own. But views I think on at it. the beginning of reproduction, just a little bit. And uh, with that title, you're not. I mean, hey, that mm-hmm. you're you're not. It's not a right. that's not a huge stretch. And then and then we get the clang and the bell that signal a different part of this process of reproduction of the ritual of reproduction, and then the swirl intensifies and we get just something far more chaotic and i think it it took us on a journey oh it definitely did and man yeah i just i really really love this track and you think that how can an album get any better how can an album sum itself up how can it send you away feeling better than you did before you put the needle down on the first track. Well, Escort figured out a way because he put the track in mind as the last track on My Candle Is Dying. And I know in mind, on everyone's mind, all of our listeners, they were like, well, what's Gray's other favorite track? There's only one track left. Yeah, it's this one. This is Mm. a, a perfect piece. It is nearly 12 minutes long and starts with that metallic rhythmic element, that metal beat, but there is a Krautrock melody buried in there. This is the Krautrock banger of the S-Core record. It yeah, it's a no minor sense. chord paradise right here. It's just every minor and diminished chord. I was picturing you listening to this track. I knew in this track, I was like this, I'm picturing Gray listening to yeah. this. I'm picturing your excitement. I just, I knew that this, I knew that this was your track I, because I mean, how, I mean, it's an amazing track. There's, this is not like, it has this those, is, this is, it wasn't a far stretch for me to, to, to guess that. But it uses those space sounds so effectively because they don't seem jarring and out of place. It's like the, you know, it, it seems like, almost the tractor beam sound. However, it's used in such a way that it feels completely organic. It's just like a large, it's, it's as though, uh, you know, you were being abducted by something that was fully of the earth. I will complete my notes and read all my notes and finish up with this for my notes, a bit of clarity, but only a bit. The dust is still hanging on. Light is making an attempt to seep through. The hammering won't allow it. Hypnotic way to end. Hammering slowly morphs through the track. Or do I just think that? It goes away and leaves us open and staring into the cold wind. That that hammering, that rhythm, it's just, you're just in and you're just let this go. And this is the longest track, fittingly, on the album. And it does change that hammering. Certainly okay, right, because there's morphs. those. You know what I mean? Those moments. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it's different from earlier, but man, I'm just so in the <laughs> zone I can't articulate it. Yeah, I wrote "strip down and spin down" for how this progresses towards the end when things start to peel away. But even then, there's these high ends, this hiss that I wrote "tea kettle hiss." It's that same sort of feeling where there's something a miss and you just want to go stop it. But here it works perfectly. There's a constant shifting around that hammering loop. And also there's no vocals, but if this were the Krautrock track there, the, those highs could be some sort of vocal on it where they're, I felt like they were singing. They were the vocal elements, but I imagined as a different instrument or sound. 
and that rhythm sort of ends and a new thing begins before again this thing just spins down into a dark organ ending or something i don't know what that sound was it doesn't sound like a church organ or anything in that realm but it did have that that heavy heavy harmonic content to it that helps wrap it up so wonderfully this is easily my favorite although blind obedience a close second close second but yeah the joy i get listening to this one is is palpable this could be a star in blind obedience can you can get a heart there you go it's a perfect way to end the perfect record on a perfect label. Yeah, and my candle has died. And and you know, it's I think it's a great evocative title to bring all these tracks together. Yes. It's that idea of of darkness. There what you know, you have so many things that you're going through when you hear that. There was light and now there's darkness. Do you need the candle? It's not necessarily a safe situation. But then you have the image of a candle, which is comforting. Like there's so many psychological things coming together just to bring all of these things together. Also, for Escore, My Candle Has Died is an unusual title. It's a a statement, a sentence. Most of the titles are one or two words. They're simple things. Missing volume, Mm -hmm. crime, gush, undersong, altar, dross, a great lump dumb chamber all these all these titles are very simple the only thing that comes close to this is the first seven inch a jest of nature in terms of a a title for a release Mm -hmm. once in a while he does that and that's what makes it so powerful that's what makes my candles die so powerful that makes a jest of nature so powerful and then some track titles that that have a little more because part of what is so incredible about escort are those one two word titles known phrases titles that have specific meanings but then when put all together it becomes something else obviously we've talked about multiple escort seven inches over the patreon we've done missing volume if anyone paying attention to some of the output the three of us have done in a project you'll understand how much we love escort and revere his work his titles and his approach to titles it's something that as the years go on it becomes even more powerful and the tapes become more powerful and the art becomes more powerful and the sounds become more powerful it truly has continues to grow even though he hasn't done anything in 20 years Maybe that's part of it. Maybe because he hasn't done anything in 20 years, we have the finite Mm -hmm. work that we can continue to look back on and continue to go over, comb through, think about the titles, look at the cover of Alter and just get blown away by it and and everything about it and the way the layout, the fonts, Mm -hmm. just, it just seems, that's the thing. That's what we, we, with the interview, you know how we say he, he seems to not realize he's escort. There's no way that he there wasn't so much thought going into the way these tapes look, the way these albums yeah. look, the titles, the way the titles sit, the way the tracks sit. There's well, no way that there wasn't just incredible artistic intent and thought behind everything Escort's ever done. Well, this is very fitting that it's coming out the day after the, you know, the spring equinox, because much like the 
escort tracks, you know, it's, it, they're so ephemeral. Like you think you can grab onto what's happening and then it just kind of melts away, you know, like, like sugar and water and much like the entire project itself, you know, it, it ran the course of its time. Why did he stop? Because it wasn't time to do that anymore. You know, and that's, and that maybe that is something that Yutaka Tanaka can, does really well in knowing great boundaries. Like he didn't play live. He Never knew, played live. He knew when he needed to stop, <laughs> you know, and he always made sure that he didn't say too much with his titles and tracks. Absolutely perfect. What a record. What a project. Escore forever. Agreed. And now, well, over on the Patreon, we're going to discuss the perfect label that this perfect record came out on, Praxis Dr. Behrman. And uh, I got some things to say. Hopefully the Connellys do too. I'd like to hear them. And I'd like to say some things as well, so let's hop on over there. Go listen to Escore forever. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.